Do you love early intervention, but feel like you need more mentorship and information to thrive in this setting? We're here to provide a safe, inclusive community where we learn from and uplift one another. It's our mission to prepare students and practitioners to be confident and competent working in early intervention. Hi, I'm Amira Johnson. I'm Danielle DiLorenzo. And I'm Sarah Putt. And together, we're the real OTs of early intervention. Good morning, Danielle. How are you today? I'm a little tired, but I'm excited to be here with both of you. How are you doing, Sarah? I am doing fantastic. Amira, how are you today? I'm doing great. I got a really good night's sleep last night. Like I slept through the whole night, so I feel I feel good. I feel energized. <laughs> So today we are going to be talking all about documentation. We'll spend time talking about what exactly documentation looks like in the early intervention setting, specifically daily documentation, so daily notes, including what to include and how to be efficient. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but first, let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Mindfulness in Motion, an occupational therapy and educational consulting company. Two occupational therapists with the mindset to educate and empower other professionals, therapists, and OT students looking to enter the school-based world and provide a mindful approach to their practice. You can find us at www.themimproject.com and on Instagram at mindfulnessinmotion with periods to separate the words. When I first started practicing, one of the things I was the most nervous about was documentation. In OT school, I was okay with documenting. I was not the best, but I was not the worst. I really loved learning about the soap note format because it felt very concrete to me and I was able to kind of use it as a guide in my sessions. I know exactly what I was looking for. So I really liked learning that specific format. If you're not familiar with the SOAP note format yet, it's an acronym that stands for Subjective, Objective, Assessment, and Plan. And we'll get into all of the specifics about what goes into each section a little bit later. But the SOAP note is how we learn how to document in OT school and also how I documented on both of my level two fieldwork rotations. My documentation skills definitely have gotten better over time and thankfully way more efficient. I used to spend way too long on them and I had to learn that I needed to go a little bit quicker. So I'm excited to talk more later on about how to be more efficient when you're documenting. But the most challenging part of documentation, at least for me, is that every setting is so different. And I had to adjust to how documentation looks in early intervention and compare it to how I was documenting when I was in my level two rotations, which was acute care and in a children's hospital. It was very different than how it looks now that I'm in early intervention. But thankfully, it is actually much more simple than you think. And we'll chat about that too. So Sarah, what do you think about early intervention documentation? I love early intervention documentation because really for me, it's short and sweet. It's to the point. It's very much about what was done, what was said, and really how things go within that session. And as you were talking, Amira, I just, I kept smiling and laughing because I was the exact same way in school, learning the soap note format and then out of school. And I mean, I had pages and pages of documentation for each session. And then over the years, I just became more and more efficient and realized I didn't need all this fluff that I was putting in there. Like I really just needed to have the bullet points, what was really important to remind me of what we had done going into the next session. So yeah, honestly, I just, I love the documentation and early intervention because it's definitely less than some other practice areas, I would say. I suck at documentation. I just always have. 
I just can't get it together enough. I feel like I put my all into my sessions and then I'm just exhausted. And in every other setting, I'm always falling behind. But for early intervention, I loved that I had to submit my notes right then, right there, create my entire session to make sure that it reflected all the things that I did and leaving room to be able to write that note right then and there. And I feel like it also is this, it lessens the anxiety as well, because if you have fallen behind on your notes, like it's one of the worst things Ever, ever. ever. And, I, and I know everyone has been there, everyone, regardless of like whoever is in a field where you have to write notes, if you fall behind, you're like, no, no, it just plagues you. It plagues you. So what I loved about where I practiced in early intervention is they were very simple, short notes. And again, Amir, I remember I would be like running out of room. I'd be like writing these like epic novels and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just running over on my sessions. And then I remember a friend of mine in EI was like, stop writing so much. You only need a couple of sentences, like summarize it to the point, talk about what you did, talk about things you're going to do next week. And it really, for me, helped me keep track of all my clients and where they were at. And then it was a really great starting point as well for the next session. So we would come back and say, hey, did you do some of the strategies that we talked about last week? How did that go? And it was just a very good way to ease into the next session and to continue working on the progress of goals in a way that was just very simple, very easy to document and very easy to stay on track. Now, Sarah, how are your feelings towards note writing? Now, I know that we have to get signatures and submit the notes immediately from when I practiced in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And we would have like triplicate forms. So one copy would go to the parent, one copy stays with me, and then one copy went to the agency that I worked for. How is that similar to your private practice and California's way of doing things? Well, at least my region in California, because I can't speak for the whole state because I, I think everything is slightly different even from one region to the next region. But it's really interesting hearing both of you talk about documentation because that's not how mine operates at all. Now, we do have to get signatures, but that is, at least for us, that is separate than the daily notes. Typically, when we're getting the parent signatures, that's verifying that we were there for the session. They're signing off that we showed up, whether it was in person or now virtually. We get those signatures, but we do our own daily documentation on our own time. We don't have to submit it to the parents. We don't have to submit it to the organization or anything like that. So really, we keep our own records to make sure that we have a backing for everything that we provided, everything that was done. But unless the parent specifically asks, which I don't think I've ever had a parent ask me for a record of the notes, we do not have to submit them. So very very different. What about you, Amira? How does it work where you are? I always just love these conversations that we have because I always learn something different in another state. And I just find that so interesting as just an interesting part of early intervention in general. But the way that we do documentation is very similar to Danielle. So we adapt our primary caregiver log from the early intervention teaming handbook, which I know, I think we've mentioned on the show before. It's by Sheldon and Rush. So that's where our log comes from. And there's four parts of it. It's very similar to the soap note format. So we actually go through that log with the parents during the last five to 10 minutes of the session that we're there. Um, and that's part of our session time. So it's not like non-billable time or anything like that. So essentially we do like for 45 to 50 or so minutes of treatments. And then we sit down with the parent and we say, what went well today? What do you think worked? 
what kinds of strategies would you like to use in the future? Like, so we have that conversation with them, which I really like because it's so collaborative. And I think that it just emphasizes with the parents that we are there to have that collaborative relationship. And I, so I really enjoy that part of the documentation and Like Danielle said, we also have to have the parents sign off on it. And it's easier because, again, we go through it all together and then the parent just signs off on it. So that's how we submit our daily notes. And we do have to submit them. I think we have 24 hours and then it has to be submitted into our folder that we use. And I know that we're talking to a little bit about the purpose. Like, what is the purpose? Why do you have to document? And Sarah, you said it's kind of to know what you worked on and Danielle, you touched on so that you know where to pick up where you left off. And for us, it's very similar. And it's also because we're in that team-based model. Everyone from the team has access to everyone's notes. So it's really nice because let's say a speech therapist has went in and did a session and then I'm going in myself. I can look at the speech therapist notes and then see what they worked on. And then I can like pick up some of their strategies that they might've mentioned in our notes. So it's a combination of why you guys do it. And also that I think the other thing that we focus on too is having the other team member know exactly what we worked on with that child. I love that. I love that y'all have access to one another's notes and you can see what each other is doing. You know, we do that in uh, my job right now at school base. We put everything on the drive. So just in case um, we need someone else to, to treat one of our kids or they're moving from one school to another school on someone else's caseload, everybody has up-to-date information. That's really great. I wish we had. (laughs) It was really nice, especially as a new graduate, because I was picking up a lot of the caseload from the previous OT and I didn't have to go in there and not know what they were working on because I could say, oh, they were doing so-and-so puzzle. And then I can go into the home and say, oh, let's pick up where you guys left off with the last OT. Let's start that puzzle because I know that that was a preferred activity for the child. So especially for as the new graduate in the EI setting, I really liked that I had that access to the other team members notes. And I think too, also from just kind of a learning perspective, whether you're a new grad getting into EI or you're just transitioning from a different practice area, if you can have access to other people's notes, you can actually learn a lot quicker of like what needs to be in there, what components you need, and also going back to like filtering out the fluff that you don't necessarily need and learning from other practitioners, other occupational therapy practitioners, but also speech and language, physical therapists, some of the developmental interventionists, like anything like that. So I think we don't have access to anybody else's notes outside, like outside of my company, right? So me and my employee, we share our notes and we have access to it. But any other practitioners that are working on the case, we don't have access to their notes unless we specifically reach out to them and say, hey, could you send me your notes from the last month or anything like that? But that doesn't happen on my end. So I'm just sitting here in awe of like, that's really cool. And I wish we had more of a streamlined, integrative process, but we don't. I like what you said about when you get to see other people's notes, you kind of get a better feel of what really needs to go into the notes. So Amir, you were talking about the SOAP note format, which we know is the subjective, which is what did the client do? What did the client say? Like objective, like what are we looking at? What are we seeing? What were they doing? And then the assessment is just really using our judgment as to based on what we saw, based on what the client is expressing, what would be our plan for the next session? And if you think about it, we are writing that within a note. But it doesn't have to be in this like epically long narrative. It just really needs to be like Johnny expressed hooray when he saw the activity that was being done. 
it was noticed that he was calm and organized after heavy work activity. Assessment is, hey, okay, next time when you see Johnny getting, you know, overwhelmed or overstimulated, you should try X, Y, and Z. Plan, here are some things that we can do next time that are similar based on what you saw. I'm done. Note done. And it almost feels wrong. It feels wrong to write so little. But really, when you think about it, your goal is to empower and educate the parents in parent-friendly language. So again, your notes are not going to be filled with all of these gigantic terms that you learned in school or within a medical setting. They literally are, yeah, you're just writing. This happened today. This is this. Just very simple. So I think when you think to yourself as you're writing this, like, is it that easy? Is, is it that simple? Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because that's what early intervention is. We're really, we have to provide information to the parents in a way that they can understand that's fluid, easy to read, and not a novel. Because remember, a lot of our parents are very overwhelmed and have a lot on their plate. So they need clear, quick, concise, go-to strategies, understanding of what you're doing in the session. And just think about that in your notes. And that will help you decrease the amount of time you spent and have you watch your language with writing within those notes to make sure you're keeping it short, sweet, and simple. I think one of the other really big components to add in here would be anything that the parent might mention to you when you first arrive at the session or anything throughout the session that could really impact how that session goes or how therapy will be going from that point on. So specifically, this could be something like if it's that day, oh, my kiddo didn't sleep well last night and was up most of the night, or oh, maybe they're just a little bit under the weather, or maybe something that's a little bit more significant, like they got a new medication or they switched medication or they increased the dose or decreased the dose of, of medication. And I think that's important to note because a lot of times when we're working with these kiddos for six months, 12 months, 18 months, we're following their developmental progress. And if you can go back to your notes and know the, the specific day or at least the session that you were alerted that they had a change in medication, you might be able to see some sort of parallel, some sort of pattern, I guess you could say, of like what's happened since that moment. And has there been maybe a regression? Has there been a significant increase? Has there been changes that really impact the child and the family's progress and their therapeutic journey? So also not necessarily just talking about the skills, the activities, how things went that day, but also including any other factors that can be important to the therapeutic journey. Danielle, I really liked the breakdown that you did when you were talking about what exactly would go if you're using like the SOAP note format, what kinds of things would you know and where it would go? I wanted to bring up what to include specifically in the objective section, because for us, that's where we will put our like measurements or assist levels or like a quantity. So let's say we're working on attention span is one of the goals and we'll make sure that we know in there they had one minute before and now they have three minutes. So I'm curious if you all also use any kind of very specific measurements in your notes. I know one of the reasons that we do that is really for the therapist so that we can kind of track that progress over time. Because when you have a caseload of like over, you know, 30, 40, 50 kids, it can get really difficult to keep track of those small things towards those goals. Now, I know we talked about before goals don't have measurements, but do you use measurements in your notes? I do, especially for attention span or like task completion. So 
what I would do is I would talk about the length of time that the kiddo was engaging in the occupations and also identifying if it was a preferred occupation or a non-preferred occupation. Because what I found was you would just keep seeing these notes that the attention would be increasing and increasing. Or if it wasn't, then we needed to switch what we were doing to help support the child engaging longer. And then at time of our six-month reviews, at our yearly reviews, I would be able to look back and say, look, we started off at like 30 30 seconds. And now we're at, you know, five minutes. This is huge. You know what I mean? So again, even though our goals aren't measurable, there's a way to just identify within your notes quite quickly. Like Johnny sat for five minutes today. Awesome job. It was during a non-preferred activity. This is awesome. Continue to do X, Y, and Z. So it is a nice way to get that quantifiable measurement without actually having measurable goals. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, similar. I think I also use kind of the time aspect, but as well as also a number. So if we're doing some sort of like fine motor activity, gross motor activity, cognition, something like that, a lot of times, especially if it's like a brand new activity, say we're doing a puzzle and it's a three piece puzzle and they get one of the pieces in there that day, I will mark that. Or if they are just learning to crawl and they were able to crawl on their hands and knees for one to two feet, I'm going to mark that down so I can really track that progress over time and see are they getting more? Are they staying at the same? Are are they hopefully not going backwards? But so you can actually really kind of see the amount of things that they are able to do within that treatment session. And also it could be like in the beginning of the session, maybe they weren't as regulated. Maybe they, maybe they were tired and they only did X amount. But then by the end, when they were more regulated or anything like that, maybe they actually did better there too. So even from session to session, but also from minute to minute within the sessions, you might notice a difference in what they're doing. So I utilize both time, but then also kind of the amount of whatever it is, whatever type of activity it is that we are doing. So we spend a lot of time talking about what to include in the note, the format of the note, how to write the note. But I think for many of us, it's that efficiency piece and making sure that we are efficient with our note writing and really making use of our time wisely. So my question to you, I'll start with Danielle. What is your number one piece of advice when it comes to being an efficient note writer? My best advice is just at first, make sure you're leaving a little bit more time in between your client's schedule. So for example, like if your day is filled, just leave a little bit more time in between your next visit. So you know that no matter what, you can have the time to sit down and document. I love to set a timer for the entire session. So for example, I would set a 45 minute timer from the minute I walked in the door. So I knew around that 45 minute mark, I would have to, within that five minutes, transition to writing my notes. That really kept me on track because I always go over. I'm always giving more. (laughs) So since I knew that about me, I knew if I set a timer. It kept me right on track. Then it left me with ample time to document. Even when I was feeling like I wouldn't know what to say in the beginning or trying to figure out how to write less, it just gets easier. So I think you have to figure out your own system. That's the beautiful thing about early intervention. We could sit here and give you all the advice in the world, but if it doesn't work with your flow, the way your brain works, the way you provide treatment, it's not going to be beneficial in your practice. So I say you need to really take a look at yourself. So I know I 
suck at documentation. So I knew I had to leave more time. I knew I had to put a timer on myself. And then once I got into the groove, then I didn't need these supports anymore. I was able to just run with it. But really it's about knowing yourself, knowing your documentation style, knowing the amount of time you need and being able to find a system that works just for you. Okay. So my advice, I have two things. First off, remember that you're not writing a novel. That's going to be a whole lot more work. You're not writing a novel. And in the same vein, you do not have to reinvent the wheel. You do not have to come up with a fancy way of saying the same thing you've said in your past 10 notes. You repeat it. You say the same thing again. So my strategy or my tip to kind of overcome what I just said is when you're learning to do your documentation in early intervention, come up with a word bank, come up with a list of common phrases, common things that you will be including in your notes and jot it down. Put in abbreviations, anything that you find yourself writing over and over and over again. And then it's almost just kind of like in your brain, it's like a copy paste of like, okay, we worked on this. We did this skill. They did it this way today. And then you just kind of compile it all together. But I think I see it a lot in my students that come through on their fieldworks. They feel like that they have to be very expressive in their language and they have to be fancy with everything. And I'm just like, no, tell me the client, what they did, how they did it, and we're done. And that's all I want to know. So you're not writing a novel and you do not have to reinvent the wheel every single note you write. My biggest piece of advice would be to collaborate with the parent, but be specific so they know how much time you have left in the session. So this is something I had to learn because I would just sit down and I'd only have about 10 minutes left. And I'd say, let's talk about what went well today. But because they didn't really, they weren't keeping track of the time. And I honestly wasn't keeping track of the time that would just turn into a whole big conversation. And then I'd be late for my next session. So now I'm very specific. So I'll say something like, okay, so we have about 10 minutes left today. And I'd love for us to spend those 10 minutes talking about today's session and talking about what went well. So I say that twice on purpose because I want them to really hear, you know, do we have five minutes? Do we have 10 minutes? And I just like to be very specific in letting the parent know how much time we have. But it's also great because you're still encouraging that collaborative relationship that we know is really important in early intervention. So today we talked all about documentation in early intervention. We talked about the different formats you may come across, what to include in your daily notes, and even how to be more efficient with your note writing. You've heard from us, and now we want to hear from you. What do you think about early intervention documentation? What format do you use where you practice? Let us know by reaching out on Instagram at the Real OTs of EI or our website, therealots.com. We're so excited you joined us today. Check out our website, therealots.com for more information about anything discussed in the episode. And sign up for our email list so you don't miss out on any of our awesome EI resources. And join our amazing community of students and practitioners to get your questions answered and learn from others working in early intervention. Whether you're in the car, on your lunch break, or signing in to your next virtual session, thanks for keeping it real with the real OTs of early intervention.